and said, Want to go? Lord, there is no one besides you to help in the battle between the powerful and those who have no strength. So help us, O Lord, our God, for we trust in you. And your name have come against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God, let not man prevail against you. I think we should blow this thing up and put it on the wall somewhere. It's a very powerful prayer. You are going for a job interview. This is what you need. <laughs> you are bidding for a contract. This is what you need. That's what I'm going to say. In fact, let's go back to the story of um, Jehoshaphat. Because I want you to make a point. Again, we know the story here. It was when three nations who were the cousins of Israel. The Ammonites, the Moabites, and the people from Mount Seir. When they gathered together against Jehoshaphat. Now, the Bible says in verse 2, Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram, and beyond. Now, verse 3, Jehoshaphat was afraid. Fear is not the problem. It's what you do as a result. <laughs> Are you getting my point? His fear drove him somewhere. May your fear drive you to the same place. Somebody say amen. amen. Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord, now notice this, this is what we are going to, the matter of prayer. He said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? Are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. Did you not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of the land before your people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? They have lived in it and have built you a sanctuary there for your name, saying, Should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence, famine, we will stand before this house and before you. For your name is in this house. We will stand here and cry to you in our distress. And you will hear and deliver us. Now behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. I'm jumping now. Alright? See, verse 11. See how they are rewarding us. We did not attack them earlier. Alright? According to your commandment. By coming to drive us out from your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance. He said, O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. The sign that somebody's eye is on God is how the person prays to him. Do you get my point? Now, this is not to discourage exercising. Exercise is good. Amen? In fact, you should exercise. If you, you should try and aim to be able to run up these stairs. We're on the third floor here, right? Good. I think it's very good. <laughs> you wonder where I'm going. I've told you before. I used to wake up early in the morning and leave my house to go around like everybody else. I don't know what pursuing you or what I was pursuing. I don't know. But you know why? Exercise is still good. I believe in it seriously. Uh, physical exercise has some profit. Uh, it's little, but it's there. It's not zero profit. It's small. Okay? I like carrying weight. It's very nice, so it's good. But why I stopped 
that time was that. I realized that this is the best time of the day to meditate and declare words. No time to be running up and down like you sinned. I'm not saying it is wrong to run up and down, but for me, I said this is not a good thing. I said if I wake up at this particular point in time, it must be to declare the word of God, take a scripture. And I know God has given me a gift. If, I, if at 5 a.m. I handle one chapter for 30 minutes, I said, I said no, no. Jogging is not bad, but I have to find another time. I told my wife, can I have a treadmill? She said, no, the machine you bought at the back, you are not using it. I have a machine in the house for... So she's not, she's not happy with the amount of use. I put that one, so she refused to buy, approve the purchase of a treadmill. So I said, don't worry, don't worry. The time will come, amen? All right, the Lord is good. <laughs> now, I'm going somewhere. I told myself, listen, I'm not going to live long because I jogged. And the sign of it is that where my life is coming from, which is the word of God, I saw the time that I would have, loved, that I would have used for running up and down. I said, no, that time is better used for something else. That's all I'm saying. It's a, it's a practical thing. It's a personal thing. So I'm not making a law out of it. If you find your own easier to do such things at 12 midnight to 1 a.m., fine. Yeah, because the way my life was structured, I said, no, this was no... And I could do that because I know it's not going to make me live longer. It won't make me live shorter. What keeps me alive is the word of God. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, living in me, it gives life to my mortal body. That is a matter of fact. It affects how I make my decisions. That's why I tell people, all these people who shout, listen, let me tell you how to live short. You know, you can live long or live short as a Christian. If you want to live short as a Christian, is that English bad? I invented it, but it's, you understand what I'm saying? I'm going to draw the opposite of live long. If you want to shorten your life as a believer, hmm? wake up in the morning, be doing calorie counting. You know the calorie counting? How many calories are inside this bottle? <laughs> Did they use pesticide or no pesticide? Is the food genetically modified or not? Be checking all of that. And then jog regularly, drink a lot of water, heal, eat a very healthy diet, then you won't live long. As a Christian. I'm not kidding, no. Should look, look. You see smile from my face? If I want to joke, I'll tell you I'm joking. My yes is yes. My joke is joke. Okay, Nano? Yes, <laughs> you say, those things are bad? No. In themselves, they are not good, they are not bad. But for the believer, you are taking your eyes away from the Lord. Joseph has said, our eyes are on you. If you spend more time on such things than you, have on, than you do on scriptures like Psalm 92, on, than on scriptures like Romans chapter 8, that describes the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not planning to live long. You're joking. I heard, the, I heard Joseph Prince talk about it. I laughed, I just stumbled into him that day. I had a very good laugh. If you know Joseph Prince, you know the man is a skinny Asian man. He said he even lost more weight because he was jogging like fourth, one hour every day. The man said, do you know over the next few months, he saw the doctor more often than ever before. Then one day he calculated and said, what is going on here? He realized that the source of life he had neglected, 
He forgot this exercise thing he was doing, carried his Bible, and started reading and prophesying the word of God, and all the funny, funny symptoms left. It's not those things themselves. You know what? You know, it was a hallelujah diet. That thing is just a fat joke. I hope, are you getting my point? There is nothing hallelujah about it. Don't insult the name of the Lord with a vain thing. It's a vain thing. It's just another dietary fad. They come and go. One of my colleagues said, all he eats now is chicken. I said, why do you eat only chicken? He said, because it's good for his health, his size. And it worked for him. He shrank. Yes. He used to eat chicken and vegetables. The reprint said he drank carrot juice until he turned yellow. <laughs> and the man said, believe me, there are doctrines of demons. <laughs> like I always say, I, I'm not the one that said it. It's the direct prince. Now, what I'm going to say, it's not about those things in themselves. Please don't get me wrong. It's not those things in themselves. It's where your eyes are on. That's what I'm talking about. Your eyes must be on God. You see where I'm going in the moment where I read this. Our eyes are on you, Joseph has said. You know where your eyes are on by the actions you are taking. If you never from the bottom of your heart give God thanks for food, you are calorie counting. Checking fiber, checking this. You are not expecting anything from the Lord concerning that food. Because one commandment he gave concerning food is to give thanks. And he said, watch the amount of questions you ask when it comes to food. (laughs) I'm modifying that scripture a bit. He said, eat whatever I said before you without asking questions. Christians ask too many questions these days. Why? They watch too much health television. All kinds of fake prophets prophesied to them. One of my colleagues, I don't know whether I told you the story here. He's a Catholic. He was in church one day, one reverend father came. That reverend father is not disciplined, and most preachers, we preachers must be disciplined. A few preachers, they also are indisciplined. They use their power. You see, I say all the time, be careful what you use your power and authority for. Be careful. As I'm standing here, I have so much power here. Be careful what you do with it. He was in church one day. <laughs> this guy, my colleague, is very funny. He remember that was selling something. One set of herbs or drugs. He said it cures fibroids. It cures diabetes. It cures this. Money mass, they were listening. So after a while, this is my colleague, very funny human being. He put up his hand. He devout Catholic. He put up his hand, and they called him forward. He collected the microphone. He said, don't listen to this man. He's a dangerous man. And he gave the microphone and went back to his seat. The whole church. He said when he went to his city, eh, people cleared for him. <laughs> <laughs> he said people cleared. They didn't believe. I, and I know him. You know, walk in the same office. I know the way he behaves. He just grabbed the microphone. I, this, I, that's how he does his finger. He said, don't listen to him. He's a dangerous man. And I gave the, the host priest. That was a guest, visiting priest. He gave him back the mic and went to his seat. And he went and sat and waited for anybody to challenge him. He said, this man is just defrauding and deceiving people. He said openly in a Catholic church. The man couldn't talk after that. Actually, because what he was doing was wrong. If he said, everybody, come. If you have diabetes, you have fibrous, you have fibrous, come, let me pray for you. That will be okay. We are selling all these funny, 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 funny things. I told the man, Forget that thing. Many pastors have started doing it. You're using your authority to say GNLD. May God have mercy on you and sack you from ministry. That's mercy. Because if he leaves you there, he will have to kill you. Listen, 
Our eyes are on you. That's the point I'm making. Our eyes are on you. We must ensure that by the things that we do, we demonstrate that our eyes are on God. You want to live long as a believer. As a believer, not as a normal human being. Because your life is not average. What is keeping you alive is, is the resurrection power of Christ Jesus. Go and get out our series. We call Life is Working. Get that and re- play that message to yourself. It will heal your diseases. Because you declare all the time. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling in me. And by that same spirit, God is giving life to my mortal body. In, he, in me, life is working. By the power of righteousness, in me, life is working. Life is working. Life is working. The life of God is working in me. Let's continue reading. Joseph had said, look, our eyes are on you. He said, all Judah was standing before the Lord, verse 13, I'm, I'm there now, with their infants, their wives, and their children. Then in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. Verse 15, and he said, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. He said, tomorrow, go down against them. Don't stay at home. Go down against them. He now says something. Behold, they will come up this particular way. In verse 17, he says, you need not fight in this battle. Notice that. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Then Jehoshaphat, verse 18, bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. Now, there's a place where I want to get to. So cover our time. The Bible says, verse 20, They rose up early in the morning and went out to the wilderness. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God and you'll be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. That is, the prophet prophesied yesterday, let's hold on to that word that God gave to us through him. Now, because of that word that they were trusting in, listen to this. He consulted with the people in verse 21. They used that word. Their trust was in God. And they held on to the word that he gave that day. And they now used that word, consulted. And they remembered that he said, we will not need to fight. I don't know what I heard I said. Remember, he said, you will not need to fight in this battle. Go out against them, but you will not need to fight. So the people reason say, it must, it must mean we will go out, but we will not fight. Okay, how do we handle it? They said, let's do something. They appointed those who sang to the Lord. And those who praised him in holy attire. And they went out before the army. Did you see what I'm saying? <laughs> they said, we will not have to fight. They said, okay, this is to prove that we believe what the man said. They said we should go out and walk out. But let the singers be in front. To show that we are not planning to fight. Those ones don't carry weapons. Those ones, they moved out in front and they were declaring. Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. The Bible says when they began singing and praising the Lord, 
in prison, the Lord sent, set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab and Manseah, who had come against Judah, so they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Manseah. They ganged up together against the inhabitants of Manseah. Destroyed them completely. Then they turned against each other. And then they destroyed one another. It's interesting because the Bible says not one escaped. I read these two stories to let you see how people are trusting in God behave. That's what I was saying about people who exercise. Exercise is good. Exercise is very good. I'm praying the Lord for some money. Amen? With it, I'll build myself a very good gym. It's good. But it's not the source of health. My eyes for health are on the word of God. For health, my eyes and the, all these other ones that just, you know, you enjoy something, you know, and there's little profit, small. The profit includes things like you can run, you can climb the stairs, but you, the, the length of your days will not be changed. How do we get things from God? It is to pray sincere prayers. When we have troubles, those scriptures are so easy. You see, let me tell you something about prayer. You don't always have to invent words. There's a way to pray. The power of your words doesn't impress God. The strong wordology, can I use that expression? I learned it from the WKM. The strong wordology with your prayer, it doesn't impress him at all. There are two things I would advise you as a believer to use to pray. One, just lift word for word what people under such circumstances have said to the Lord before. Like what we have here. Lord, these people are against me. They are too powerful for me by my own strength. But am I not your child? How can people who deny you every day win against me? That's your child. Ah, if you don't like where I am, tell me now, I will go. I'm going to be in church on Sunday. Let the pastor speak to me. That is not where I'm supposed to be. But if this office is where you are appointed for me to be, Lord, I will not lose against them. Therefore, I pray, send me help from above. It's a simple very simple prayer. The problem with Christians is that, listen, I'm back to it now. A lot of times, they, their eyes are not on God. Their eyes are on themselves. Have I fasted properly? Pastor says it should be 100 days fast. I've told you, if you are fasting for 100 days, you don't have respect. I'm not joking. What are you looking for 100 days? Jesus did 40 days. 40 days, he died for you. You, 100 days, what, you want to die for mass? I don't know for Christians, though. You want to do what Jesus did not do. Show respect. Do 39 days. <laughs> the Lord is good. I don't, you will come up with all kinds of things. I, I, I know it's not like I'm joking, but check it. From Genesis to Revelation, who fasted for 100 days that was not being punished by God? Where did you see? 100 days fast, there's no power. 100 days fast. Okay, that's it. If I want to account the days of fast, you are joking. Ah, that is a hard saying. He has come again. But you are the one that came again. <laughs> I'm always here. <laughs> Every time I'm here, the Lord is good. Now, you know what I'm going to explain, all right? I'm not, I don't want to talk about fasting now. Fasting for us believers is just to get to understand God better, not to impress Him. Not to count days and say, Lord, I have done 14 days. 
and I need $14,000 for, for the problems of my life. So for $1,000 per day. That, no, when I say people will be laughing. But you know the truth? Christians, they think like that. I've, I've heard preachers say it. Christians practice it. They think that I have fasted more than you, so God should give me more breakthrough than you are getting. And when the man gets breakthrough, they start saying that it's all the fasting that he did. I'm talking about sincere prayer. Many times, we don't pray sincerely. We come to prayer and we are trying to check. Am I worthy of this answer? Did I give enough last year? It's a financial problem I have right now. Did I give enough last year? Start calculating. What proportion did I give? How many prayer meetings did I go for? When you are doing like that, you know what you are doing? You are coming to prayer in the power of your good works. They will now come and say, Praise the Lord. Father God, I am so sure you are going to hear me. God, you will hear. In their mind, 15 days fast, why not? You will hear. Last year, first fruits, tithes every month, offering, special offering, breakthrough offering, prophet's offering, you know, all kinds of offerings. I gave it. And listen to me, I have come to speak to you today on behalf of God, your father. You won't get anything. When you want to pray, pray in the name of you don't check how much you deserve it. You check how much you need it. You see what I say? It's not what you deserve. It's what you need. You want to check who deserves is the Lord Jesus that deserves it. He's the one that died. And when you make requests sincerely in the power of his name. Two things I'm saying now. One, we come with sincerity. There's something I was saying earlier. Let me quickly complete it. I said there are two ways I want to recommend you pray. One, use words that men have used before in the scriptures. And two, talk from the bottom of your heart. Say it the way you feel it. Lord, I am in pains. Because your word said this, I pray, relieve me of this trouble. Just say it the way it is. Listen, what is killing prayer is too much religion. That is what is killing it. That is what is killing it. Too much arrangement. They say enter with thanksgiving. Then come to the court with praise. Worship the Lord first. Then worship him again. Worship him on the right hand. You, be, you are following methods. You, you, are, you are not in trouble yet. Let me tell you what praise is. Praise just means where have you placed your eyes. That's the meaning of praise. So when you go to the Lord and say, Lord, where should I go? You are the deliverer. That's praise. Not let me worship you first. Oh, God that is in heaven. God that is not on the earth, but he can see the earth. God. <laughs> what do I say? You know what the Lord is looking, looking at? He said, oh, boy, hurry. Yeah, God, the Lord is there looking. Say, hurry, get to the point. Say, children, let's begin to dance. He is the Lord in heaven. Oh, boy. If it is food, that is a problem. I don't think that singing is necessary. You are wasting energy. You know what praise is? This is praise. Father, you are the source of food. We don't have here physically, but we know you will provide. You know that statement, they hear it in heaven. Because it's good. Not sing, sing so that the Lord can bring food. You don't pay him. What he just wants to know is where are your eyes? 
Praise is a declaration of where your eyes are. Where are you focused? That's what praise is. Sometimes people want to mis- misrepresent Ezekiah's uh, prayer. You know, I've heard people quote it from before. That I said that you can't quote your good works for God. But Ezekiah did. Ezekiah did nothing like that. What good was I quoting? How much money were I given? How much? Ezekiah was saying to God, he said, see how I followed you with my whole heart. That is, which other God did I ever have? That was what the man was saying. He was saying to the Lord, I have never had any other God. If I'm in distress, where else will I go? People now quote it and say that Ezekiah told God the good things he did. He did no such thing. What he actually did was to praise. What he did was that God, I follow with all my heart. That is, I have no other help. Okay, if you don't help me, where will I go? Who have I been obeying? Who has been my God? Have I had any other God in this place apart from you? Now I'm in distress. Have mercy on me. That was a prayer. Don't quote that number and say, God, see my checkbook. That church building in our village, I built it. People who do those things, they are trying to assuage their conscience. I've seen people who don't believe in God. They are building cathedrals for churches. There are some men I hear of those days. I don't even mention them here. They'll go to redemption camp and supply tanker of diesel. You think they are Christians. Forget it. They are going to Amadia camp and supply another tanker of diesel. They're just trying to set to every angle. <laughs> we don't know which God will vex. <laughs> no, it's idolatry. They are, they are, they are, you know, that's how they used to do those days. You, you pacify every God that is there. Ogun, get his own. Amadia, collect your own. Obatala, collect your own. Then there's one wicked one called Eshu. You give Eshu his own. Say, no trouble. All the gods will now meet and say, has he paid everything? <laughs> the development levy, is he complete? <laughs> now say, let there be rain. <laughs> Some people are carried to you today. Anything you call a god, they come and worship it. When you go to church, ah, one million Christians gathering, God must be there. They come and give an offering. They didn't give their lives to Christ. And that was, a, that's what, that was what Ezekiah was saying. Ezekiah said, which other God have I ever had? Who else have I ever obeyed? Where else will I go? You get my point? Listen, if you pray sincerely like that, believe me, you will get results so fast. I was saying something, let me quickly drop this, okay, because I'm watching my time. That when people, when you have heard the God's word, like Jehoshaphat, you reason with the word of God, and it brings forth actions. Let me say that again. When you have heard God's word, you reason with God's word, and it brings forth actions. Let me explain what I'm saying. Joseph had heard that, that, shall, that you will not have to fight. But we are going to go out. So, okay, what do we do? Let's go out singing. Let's go out singing. Asa did a different thing. But there must be an action that's derived from the fact that you know that God has heard you. Let me give a practical example. Your father, your mother, they are powerful politicians, they are connected. This, the VC is a friend of the family and all of that. And you need a job. No, you can finish praying and the Holy Spirit says, you know what you are going to do? Say what? Don't even tell your father you are writing an application. That is, this is the word of the Lord to you. All those connections you have, you must deliberately undermine them. You must deliberately refuse to use them. If you write the application, my father says, where are you going? I have some business to attend to. Doesn't know that he's going. 
you, you are going to a, apply for a job in a company where the MD is his personal friend. You will even pray and say, Lord, let the man not come for the interview. That's the MD. Why? Lord, I want to be able to say, you gave me this job. I want to be able to stand and say, my connection did not beget me this. Remember, it is not about today. It's whether afterwards you will have wars. <laughs> you remember my point? Because what did Hanani say to, to Asa? He said, this, your one, this one worked. It's afterwards we are talking about. Many things you have gotten in life, God says, it's afterwards we are talking about. Because the things you will need the most in life, there will be no human being that you know there. But there's something about God. Everywhere you've gotten to know him, he's everywhere else that you want to go to later. He's there ahead of you. You know him in a small thing today in the university campus. That thing is waiting for you later in the United Nations. The power of the faith that you have in him. That's already the story of Asa. When he gets to, after you've prayed, you must come out from the place of prayer with certain actions, which I call the wisdom for your salvation. And the interesting part is that it varies from person to person. Some will go around declaring, I have it, I have it, I have it, I have it. Some will say nothing to any man. They just close their mouth. Because it's not every time you testify. You don't give testimonies when unbelievers are the ones around you, even if they are Christians. You know what I say? You know what I say, even if they are Christians. There are those who call themselves Christians, but they don't believe anything. When you get that, they are unbelievers who are always in the country is bad. Jonathan, sorry, what's the name of our current head of state? But Ari doesn't know what he's doing. He's traveling too much. Once you are hearing all of those things, when you want to testify about your destiny, don't say anything in their presence. When you hear about destiny killers, it's not those witches, it's those kind of friends. They're not out there killing your destiny, it's with words. When they start arguing with you, they are weakening your faith. No matter how much you think you are strong, they are weakening your faith. Shut your mouth and do not get into any engagement with them. Give your testimony. David said, the humble will hear it and rejoice. It's not everybody that rejoices. He says, it's the humble that will hear it and rejoice. When you get to where people don't believe in the gospel of uh, divine health, you don't go there and be bragging I've been healed. Don't shut your mouth. I'm talking anything. When you get to where those who believe are, declare to them. Say, the humble will hear it, they will rejoice. They are the ones that will magnify the Lord with you. If you are not where people will magnify the Lord with you, don't, just shut your mouth. That's why Jesus will say, see that you tell no man. Most of us think that when he heals you, go and brag. He say, hey, shh, zoom. Don't tell anybody. He said, don't enter that city. I listened to Ken Hagen teach about it. He said, why did he say don't enter that city? He said, if that man had gone to the city, his blindness would have come back. He would have said, what happened to you? You can see. You can see. Oh, yeah? Okay, I want to put finger in your eye. See whether you can see. Once they cast a doubt in it, you start to start doubting. Am I really saying that's a bomb? You're blind again. So Jesus said, Don't tell anybody, don't go back to the city. Go far away. But there are those who will say, Go home and declare what the Lord has done for you. Because there's no hard and fast rule. That's why I said that you come out of your own place of prayer, God will give you a wisdom concerning what you should be doing. Sometimes I say, Listen. No matter what is going on, no matter how small the production is, make sure your factory does not shut down. Yeah, you don't have all the raw materials. The little you have, it says, stretch it for the next three months. 
Things will be rough for three months. Don't worry. In the fourth month, I will recover for you all, to, all you lost in three months and give you double that back. People will think you've been producing continuously for the last three years. For you becomes what? Wisdom for salvation. But this occurs only when we come to him in sincerity of prayer. Not religious habit of prayer. Talk to the Lord as if he's actually sitting down there. I told you the story my wife told me once. Interesting story. A woman was being owed money. Owed a job, not money. By a man she hired. Paid. Clear my field. The man took the money and did not clear the field. First day, second day, first week, second week. How many months? I don't even know. But after a long time, the woman woke up one night and said, this is too much. She went and collected a big chair. You know, like you're sitting, you have a big chair. She pulled it to one side and said, Father God, is it a small chair? Okay, small one, she sat on the small one. Good. She got a big chair and said, God, please sit down here. And got a small one for the accused and put it there. And stood and said, Lord, judge between me and this man. I gave him money, so so and so and so date, to clear my field. Till now, he has done nothing. She a widow? Yes. Be careful of widows. You know why God doesn't defend my women like that? He knows that I will do it. <laughs> he said to look, she just said, God. You know, it's in the Bible, he said he's a defender of widows. I said, Lord. Just between me and him, when she finished stating her case before the seat she put there, I told the man, get out from here. The man was not there physically. Said to the empty seat, and she went to sleep. Next morning, by the time she was going to walk around 7.30, the field was clear. And she was wondering, how did this happen? The man could not sleep. Before break of day, he was on the field working. By the time she came out around 7.30, he had finished. And when she came close, the man said, don't come near me. You are a witch. <laughs> Cleared her field and ran away. <laughs> she just went to God and said, God, where else will I go? Avenge me of my adversary. We have not prayed. That's our problem. Yes. If, we fo- if we follow the Lord and pray sincerely from the bottom of our hearts, we will see miracles. We will see miracles. The problem is that we don't pray what the Bible calls a heartfelt prayer. We pray habitual prayer. It's prayer time. Let us pray. Let us pray for Nigeria. Father God, bless this country. Get me visa to America. Why are you doing that? Father God, bless this country. <laughs> Once you pray, God just wipes your prayer. I'll say, you, go and say on that side. You don't, you don't, have any, don't, have any, don't have any stake in the country now. Once your child hits 18 or 16, school in America, school in UK. Say, educational system in this country. God says, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Pray about something else. What, what do you know about educational system in the country? You have money. You've sent them everywhere. Forget that matter. Listen, if we pray sincere prayers, believe me, God answers you. Believe me, God answers you. Why don't you bow your heads and quickly pay a sincere prayer there? 
When trouble comes, don't trust in anybody. Talk to the Lord like he's really there. First of all, repent. Say, Lord, the time I didn't trust in you, that I trusted in human beings. Forgive me. Hmm? You are mindful of my weakness, so forgive me. Now pick one thing that's been burdening you, a trouble you have. You are earning 10,000, you need a million. That's a very good one. That's the Ethiopian and the Lubim army. Mount Seir. The people of Ammon, the people of Moab, they've gathered. That's a good one. Say, Lord, where else will I go? You are my God. For the times I went after other gods, I know you are merciful. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. I know you are merciful, so I have come. And you are, I declare right now, you are my only God. Help from you, that is what I ask. Send me help from above. Vain is the help of man. Send me help from above. Vain is the help of man. Say, Lord, I give you thanks. Say, Lord, I give you thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ. Please, before I step down, <laughs> I was telling you a story earlier. I just remember the second I want to tell the second one. But you see, I, I, give me one minute, let me tell the second story. I told you a story about that woman that said, told the Lord to sit down. What I want to emphasize is the fact that there are different ways God reacts to things. There's another story that we have from some of our guys in Lagos about a man who gave somebody's money to buy a car for him. And the man did not deliver. He also prayed sincerely. And the revelation that came to his heart is that forget the money. <laughs> I wanted to understand. God works different ways. Revelation to his heart was that, okay, Lord, I've prayed about this matter, that money, I write it off. So next time I saw that man, I just wanted to know that you don't have to bother with the money. Forget it. I don't want the money back. And that man said, this man don't go do juju. You know, there are people from that side, they know these kind of things. So the man quickly went and looked for part of the money and paid. That man said, I told you forget the money. He returned the money. That man said, maybe the money is not enough. He looked for extra. Paid more. That man said, you don't get it. I said, forget the money. He looked for the man's account, paid the money back inside. I said, I won't touch that money again. In one day, he got two cars. At work, he came to work one day. His boss decided he needed a new car. He gave him an almost brand new Twitter Corolla. He called his wife to tell his wife. His wife didn't let him talk. She just got one at work too. In one day. I just want to emphasize that God works in different ways. Let's just approach him sincerely. Some will now be going constantly dead. Don't pay me back. You won't get anything. <laughs> Are you getting my point? Okay, that money I owe me. Don't get, forget about it. God knows that you don't mean it. You are hoping he will double it for you. 
You know, my message is, listen, in the time of trouble, let's put our eyes on the Lord. In the time of lack, let's put our eyes on the Lord. See all these things that are happening out, out there. Naira crashing down to $400. It's a good time for people to learn to rejoice. Ask my wife. Every time I hear it, I laugh. I said, no, it's not 380. <laughs> I start laughing. I said, I told you guys it's going to 400. Eh? Okay, just watch it. That's what I do. I laugh. Did I make any preparation for, for tomorrow? No, nothing. Then, okay, I've made one prep. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 12. Behold, I cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. Occasionally, I wake up at night, and the river is quiet. I, I recite that scripture like 10 times, go back to sleep. Just, sometimes I'm in the house alone. Ah, that scripture. Prosperity flows towards me like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. That's the only response I have to Naira coming to 500 Naira. To the dollar. That's the only response. Listen, people of God, treat the Lord like he's really alive and well and is watching over you and he loves you. He does. Let's rise to our feet and share the grace. Because of our time, let's just um, let's share the grace. We are living immediately. Father, we give you thanks for today. We thank you for your word, which is so beautiful. We thank you because of the confidence. Thank you because the load has left our hearts. Thank you because we are forgiving human beings. We are forgiving everybody. We don't have any animosity or anger against anybody. Disappointed so what they are not God. In fact, we are the ones that should be repenting for having our eyes on them in the first place. Lord, we are not angry. We are not angry. We forgive entirely. We forgive. Lord, we put our eyes on you and on you alone. Our eyes are locked on you alone. As the eyes of the servant... Look to the master. So our eyes are on you. As the eyes of the maiden look to the hands of the mistress, so our eyes are on you, O God. Like Jehoshaphat said, we also declare, our eyes are on you. Everybody say, my eyes, my eyes are, on the Lord. are on the Lord. Say, my father, my, father, my, eyes, are my eyes are on you. I have no other God. I have no other source. My eyes are on you. All right, let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessings. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. This is my season of fruitfulness and multiplication. In the name of Jesus Christ. Before you give to your neighbor, let me give to you first. This is your season of fruitfulness. This is your season of multiplication. In your ministry, you will be multiplied. In your work, you will be fruitful. And you will multiply. In the name of Jesus Christ. In your family, you will be fruitful. In the fruit of your body, you will be fruitful. You will multiply your children in the name of Jesus Christ. Your business will multiply. Doors will open for you. In the midst of calamities, doors will open for you. In the midst of scarcity, doors will open for you. You will find fuel when you are not looking for. In the name of Jesus, people will help you. Listen, people that you don't know will help you more than those that you know. Help will come to you from the left. It will come to you from the right. It will come to you from the front. It will come to you from behind. 
Why? Because God is above and is commanding grace towards you from every side. In the name of Jesus Christ. I declare to you again, this is your season of fruitfulness. And this is your season of multiplication. In the name of Jesus Christ. So turn to your neighbor and give it to your neighbor. This is your season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of... To one other person, 